Hi, welcome to the 13th Warehouse, Friday the 13th TV series edition. I'm Vicki. And I'm Kim. And we're back with season two, episode four, Tales I Live, Head You Die. The cursed antique from Friday the 13th Wiki is the coin of Xiocles that can bring others back to life after it kills someone, leaving a ram's head branded on their forehead. I didn't find any warehouse connections in this episode, but I did find a repeat Friday the 13th actor Colin Cox, who played Sylvan, also played Brother LaCroix in the episode Poison Pen. And in that episode, he was also the one with the antique. Kim is off this week, but we have a guest host for this episode. Doug is here. Doug is our sometimes credit reader and who also co-hosted a few episodes over at the Eureka Podcast. Hi, I'm Doug. Out of my comfort zone here. (laughs) So is everybody. Okay, you say so. I'll try my best for you. All right. So this episode opens in a cemetery where two men are digging up a grave while another man, who we learn later is Tom Hewitt, photographs what's happening from behind a tombstone. So this is 1988. What kind of camera takes pictures at night with no flash? Yeah, it's one of those Instamatic cameras. Yeah, You can't. It's impossible. I had every camera known to man in the 80s. So maybe it's a special spy camera, but I don't really think we had those back then. It looks like a regular one of those slidey things. Instamatic, yeah. Is that what you call them? I think so. And uh, you still had to get the film developed, so... Right. Well, they do say they had a roll of undeveloped film later. They had pictures and a roll of film. But it looked like one of those ones that you slide. Do you remember those? You take a picture, you slide it in and out. Snap it together, kind of. Something like that, yeah. So another priest, monk-like man, whose name we later learn is Sylvan, shows up and seems to be in charge of whatever's going on. As they're pulling the coffin out, the caretaker, I think that's who he is, catches them and threatens to call the police. Sylvan throws a ram's head coin up in the air, and when it lands, it sends some sort of laser-like beam to the caretaker's forehead and kills him. He's branded with the mark and lands in an empty grave, and Tom is still taking pictures. So then we find out this is a satanic cult. They've brought the coffin to some unknown place and are gathered to perform a ritual. Tom is there photographing the ritual and also taking notes on a recorder. The Satanists are bringing Carl, one of their group members, back to life using the coin. So we move on to the shop where Ryan is sculpting Mickey. I guess it's his hobby, but a hobby that comes in handy later and we'll probably never see again because it was only good for this episode. Jack receives an urgent call from Tom. He needs Jack because he heard he was an expert in the occult. He left an envelope for Jack at Union Station in a locker. The key is taped to the wall behind the locker. So Tom was agitated and didn't have time to talk, but he did say that he saw a dead person resurrected, and that was enough to get Jack's attention. Jack and Ryan leave for the station and leave Mickey at the store, so I was sure something was going to happen, but nothing did. After Tom leaves the phone booth, one of the cult members jumps him and grabs him and takes him away. So moving to the cult basement that later we find out is the basement of a taxidermy shop, Tom is held captive. Tom seems to believe that this cult sacrifices children and babies, which is why he's been following them. Sylvan tells Tom that Carl was the first of the three people that they'll bring back to life. Sylvan has located the bodies of Brother Tyriel, who was the most powerful Satanist of the last century, and the witch Hiberia, Queen of Salem, my favorite place. Yes, it is. I thought you were going to have some snotty remark because um, you don't like Salem. No. Well, I, I like Salem just fine. It's fine <laughs> after the first 52 visits, <laughs> and then it gets kind of repetitious. Never. So apparently, with the help of 
Tyriel and Hiberia, they can call Satan to take back his throne. Jack and Ryan find the envelope, which has photos, an audio tape, and undeveloped film. There's also news clippings of Carl's death by suicide. On the audio tape was the prayer or chant that they were performing at the ceremony, but Jack recognizes the chant as the Lord's Prayer backwards. And even when he played it backwards, I couldn't understand what they were saying except for the Amen. Yeah, well, when we watched it together, um, there was captioning, and that helped, because you you can kind of read that backwards, but if you went by the audio alone, I don't think so. Right, because I had to watch it again, obviously, because I had to take notes, but... Yeah. Nope, I tried to hear it. I heard the amen, but it did, whatever they said before amen didn't make any sense. You'd probably have to play it back a few times and maybe slow it down, but uh, with the captioning, it kind of, yeah. you could kind of follow it. And it spells it out backwards, so you kind of get it that way. But I don't think most people use captioning. Oh, see, I didn't even notice the captioning. Oh, yeah, it's it was there. You know, I'm sure it was there because I turned it on, but I was just trying to listen to how they're saying it was backwards. Cause well, that's I, a, a tip for anybody who wants to go back and watch it and see what's going on there. Turn the captioning on, and you mm-hmm. might be able to uh, well, understand it a little bit more. I've had this discussion because the last two episodes, well, the two episodes ago I couldn't figure out what anybody was saying (laughs) I had a really hard time and for some reason the captioning on the DVD wouldn't go on I don't know why because it worked perfectly when we watched the other night and I tried to watch it on YouTube but the YouTube captioning is (laughs) you know it's auto generated so they're just picking up what they think they hear yeah, that could that could lead to anything. Interesting to see. Yeah, I but, usually uh, watch the captioning, but for some reason, two episodes ago, I couldn't figure out what anybody was saying. It was really hard. <laughs> Sylvan and company take Tom back to the cemetery and kill him with the coin, just like the caretaker, and toss him in the same grave as the caretaker, leaving the same brands on his forehead. Back at the store, the team is still waiting for Tom to call to help them decipher all of the information he left them. Jack comes in to tell him that Tom and the caretaker's bodies were found in the cemetery. They're not going to have any help deciphering all this stuff. The newspaper says that Tom had been working on an occult story, so now we find out he was a reporter, because I don't think that was ever mentioned. I think you could assume maybe he was a reporter. Right. They never really said. But the paper said he was a reporter and working on an occult story, and Jack also got the undeveloped film developed while he was gone which is in the 80s. I don't think you can get film developed that fast. Did we have those? If you had a dark room right there, maybe. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, some stuff is a little bit of a stretch. I guess you're supposed (laughs) to let your mind uh, black out there for a little bit and uh, put it aside. Amongst the film that he got developed, they find a photo of the now undead Carl. So he was able to get a picture of him when they brought him back to life. And they know it's Carl because they have newspaper clippings with his picture in it. So Mickey guesses what the curse might be. She says one person dies and another comes back to life. And she makes a note of the ram's head scar, but they still don't know what object they're looking for. So Mickey goes to the coroner's office to try and find a cause of death for Tom and the caretaker. Jack and Ryan head for the taxidermist shop that they found in the photos. Jack and Ryan watch two men haul a coffin-sized box from the Museum of Natural History into the shop. They go right into the shop, but the crate is nowhere in sight. They speak to Sylvan, the owner, about purchasing antiques, but they're turned away. Sylvan heads to the basement and tells Carl that they were the people who picked up Tom's package. So they must be following everybody, because they found Tom immediately. Yeah, they seem to know where everybody is. But he tells him not to worry. He already has Tyriel's body and they're picking up Hyperia's body that night. 
So Ryan heads to the museum to see what he could find out, and Jack goes to see what, if anything, Mickey learned at the morgue. Mickey was told that both bodies had the ram's head on their forehead, the symbol of Satan. This sounds familiar to Jack. He finds the coin of Zycholes in the manifest, and it was sold to Sylvan Winters, the taxidermist. There, the coin of Zycholes sold to Sylvan Winters. The taxidermist? What does it do? No, Zycholes was an alchemist in the 14th century. He was uh, probably one of the earliest of the really powerful warlocks. He minted his own gold coins, put a ram's head on them, and then he used them to decide whether his enemies should live or die. Tails you live, heads you die? Yes, at least until Lewis got hold of it. Now it doesn't only determine your fate, it seals it. Jack explains that Zycholes was an alchemist in the 14th century and a warlock. He minted his own gold coins, with the ram's head and use them to decide whether his enemies should live or die. Jack thinks the coin originally determined the person's fate, but Lewis's curse added the sealing of the person's fate. So Jack and Mickey go back to the shop and head to the basement. After a year or more of hunting cursed antiques, none of them have mastered the art of whispering. <laughs> Kevin and I laugh at that all the time. I'm not getting what you're talking about. When they were walking down into the basement, yeah, they're sneaking up on people. Okay. And they're talking in their full voice. I mean, yeah, they know oh, right. people are in the basement because they heard chanting. <laughs> and even when they try to whisper, they whisper like DC whispers. Right. Like a yelling whisper. Somehow no. these people know where you are anyway. But, right, uh, right. But yeah, it was a little bit uh, of a loud whisper. <laughs> so they watch the ceremony from the stairs and see Sylvan put the coin onto a decrepit Tyriel's head and he comes to life. Sylvan tells Tyriel that they will revive Hyperia that night. So since Ryan isn't there to crash into things or drop things or to make a lot of noise when they're trying not to be seen, the job goes to Mickey, who knocks into something on the stairway, bringing all the occultists' attention to them. Jack tells Mickey to run while he distracts them. Mickey runs while the coat goes after Jack, but Sylvan catches Mickey and throws the coin, kills her, and later dumps her body in the street. Jack makes it back to the store looking for Mickey. He tells Ryan what happened and that him and Mickey split up so Mickey can get out and back to the store. First, first, why would Jack just assume Mickey got out and why would he just leave? Second, when they get back to the store, they find her car immediately. So all he had to do was look for her car before he ran back to the store and know she wasn't gone. But he didn't. So after they find the car, they come upon police and an ambulance and they find Mickey dead in the road. Ryan is inconsolable. Jack convinces Ryan to leave so the ambulance can take the body back to the coroner. So I'm sorry you ended up with an emotional episode. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. <laughs> well, only for a part. It wasn't uh, start to finish. No, it was no. a section in the middle. Right, right. So meanwhile in the basement, Sylvan is preparing Hyperia for the ritual. He says that the clay of Salem should have preserved her. Apparently she was Satan's mistress. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Space, the final frontier, or is it? Discover the podcast of a couple of moms who love Star Trek and happen to have kids on the autism spectrum. 
Join Vicki and Elizabeth as we explore strange new worlds, the Star Trek Discovery series, autism, and whatever else comes to mind. We're Moms Going Boldly, and you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Player FM. Hey, Dud Gramley here from Yeah, That Can't Be Good. Please join Kim, Vicky, Skip, and myself over at Yeah, That Can't Be Good for an episode-by-episode podcast of all things Eureka. You can listen at EurekaRewatch.com on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Back at the store, Ryan is extremely angry and upset, but he's angry at Jack for leaving Mickey there alone, and I don't blame him. It would have been really easy to figure out that she was still there. Jack says that Mickey knew that they would run out of luck one day, which is exactly what she said to Ryan in the last episode. So she ran out of luck. Jack talks Ryan into finishing the job. They find information about Tyriel in a book. Cameron Tyriel, 1833-1888, satanic priest and warlock, who published the Region of Shadows, purported to have been dictated to him by Satan himself. What was the museum doing with his body? They'd had it for years. It was buried so far back in the storeroom, the curator didn't even know it was there. That explains why Sylvan waited so long to use the coin. He had to find the bodies of the powerful witches before he could resurrect them, didn't he? But why bring them back to life? Because they combined powers enough to raise the devil himself. Tyriel was a warlock who published something which was supposed to have been dictated to him by Satan. The museum had the body for so long that they had forgotten about it, which is how they were able to steal it. They also read about Hyperia, the Queen Witch of Salem. This is Hyperia, the Queen Witch of Salem. Legend has it she was Satan's lover. What do you suppose she looks like now? Witches of Salem were hung, they weren't burned. Most of the bodies were thrown into a muddy swamp, where, as it happens, the clay preserved them. Look, here's one that was dredged out a few years ago. I imagine that Hyberia is just about as attractive. Jack tells Ryan that most of the Salem witches were hanged. Hung, right? Not hanged. Hanged? Hung? I think either one is acceptable. Most of the Salem witches were hanged and thrown into a muddy swamp, so it's possible that the clay preserved them. Ryan agrees to go through with the case, but tells Jack that he's done when it's over with. And he doesn't want to have to go through what he's going through now when Jack dies. Pretty much saying they're all going to die eventually doing this job. Fair statement. Before they can leave, cult members jump them in the store. We don't see how the fight ends, but later at the ceremony we see two cult members come in with their faces covered so we know that this is Jack and Ryan and that they made it out of the store alive. So Sylvan begins the ceremony, but Jack threatens Sylvan with a knife to give up the coin. Ryan says he'll take the body, so at least they can't bring her back. Even if they can't get the coin, they don't have the body to bring Hyperion back. Hyperia. Is that her name? Hyperia? I think so. So Jack walks Sylvan down the hallway to get the coin, but Tyriel grabs him. But they decide they can't kill Jack because they need to know where Ryan took Hyperion's body. But they end up finding Ryan pretty quickly and take the body back. But they still don't kill them. He says they're saving him for the coin, but I don't even know what that means because they've already killed three people, which is all they needed to bring the three corpses back to life, and then they'll be ruling the world, so why are they saving him for the coin? Don't know. It was just a reason not to kill him, so they don't die by the end of the episode, I guess. Yeah, they probably needed to hit five extra minutes in there. <laughs> right. So they bring Ryan to the room where they're holding Jack and then leave to begin the ceremony. Jack and Ryan are able to break free in time for Sylvan to, to put the coin on Hyperia's forehead, but when the body comes back to life, it's Mickey. And you were there. 
Yes. I knew it was Mickey before it was Mickey. You called it, absolutely, ahead of time. <laughs> and sure enough. For some reason, they kept zooming in on the on the face, and I don't know why that made me believe that it wasn't who it was supposed to be. Yeah, and would kind of be a surprise ending kind of thing, so what's the surprise ending going to be? It would make sense that it's Mickey. So I didn't disagree with you. I was waiting to see what happens, but it made sense, and you were right, of course. So because it's Mickey and it's not Hyperion, the basement begins to shake because I guess Satan is angry now. So Jack grabs Mickey and Ryan grabs the coin. Sylvan finds them on the way out and holds a knife to Ryan's neck. And that was weird. They just stopped running. They looked at the guy in the stairs. The guy slowly walked over to Ryan. None of them moved and, and put a knife to his neck. <laughs> That's TV for you. I mean, they stall. You know, you watch these action episodes of anything, and somebody's pointing the gun at somebody, and they're explaining the whole reason why they've got the gun pointed at them, and they're stalling. They had to stretch it out there a little bit and not just kill anybody. They just have to stretch it so that there's an out. Yeah, I get that because they've done that a couple times because they didn't kill him in the first place. But it was just like they came down this hallway. Then the three of them just stopped and Sylvan was standing on the stairs and he just slowly walks over to him. And nobody tries to block him. Nobody tries to do anything. He just puts his knife at Ryan's neck. I mean, they could have kicked him down four times by the time he walked over to them. Right. It didn't make any sense. So if they just killed him when they had the chance to, that would have been over with, and that's it. But now the building is shaking violently. Right. Falling down. Satan's pissed now. Right. I think so. <laughs> so Ryan throws the coin up in the air, and it lands, and you're expecting it to kill Sylvan with the laser beam, but it doesn't. And then Ryan later says he threw a half dollar, but it still gave him a few seconds to distract Sylvan and get to the stairs. So the building continues to come apart, and Ryan drops the real coin, of course. (laughs) If he's not crashing into something and giving their position away, he's dropping things. And he can't get it back now because the building is coming down all around them. So they make it out, and the building collapses on Sylvan. Back at the store, Mickey's recovering in her bed while Jack and Ryan tell her everything that happened. Doug mentioned the scene where Mickey's laying in the bed and Jack and Ryan are sitting next to her, talking to her. And there's a window behind him. Yeah. It's the reverse angle of the ending of Wizard of Oz. That's the first thing I got out of that. I don't know why I did, but that's what I got out of it. And I didn't notice it until you said it. And then, of course, when I watched it the second time to make notes, it absolutely does. Oh, my. What happened? (laughs) Exactly. But even the lighting, the way it was filmed, the color of the room almost looked like that. Yeah. Orange, not black and white, but that tinted black and white that looks kind of orangey. Right. That's what it looked like. So, yeah, I wonder if they did that on purpose. Because once you said it, it was absolutely apparent that that's what it looked like. Yeah. That would be a question for the writers. Was that a knockoff of the Wizard of Oz ending? First thing that hit me somehow, she's laying in bed and she's looking like in a haze. What happened? Right. And the other two are, oh, you were okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right here with you. I'm going to have to check the book. Again, I mention the book a lot, and I always like to mention the title. It's called Curious Goods by Elise Wax that I checked from time to time to see if there's any little trivia bits that she knows that we don't. Things you may have missed in this episode. Right. You know, they tell her how Ryan made the mask out of clay because, of course, he was sculpting at the beginning of the episode. We've never seen him sculpt before, so we happen to have clay hanging around. And 
They took Mickey's body out of the morgue and swapped it while Ryan took Hyperia's body. So Jack thinks the coin is safe under the rubble and that they can mark this as a win. And Ryan says that he wouldn't want to do this without her. So I guess he's changed his mind about leaving. Yeah, he was going to put it into his... Uh, tenure there. Tenure, that's yeah. the word I was looking for, right? The final scene shows a hand under the rubble at the taxidermy shop, reaching for the coin. So did I miss anything? No, that pretty much covers everything. So what did you think of it? I know it's from 1988, so it's yeah. a little dated. I was alive then. Um, well, so was I, but... Yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought it was fine. It was an interesting episode, for sure. I liked it. And as I said earlier, the actor who played Sylvan played a fake monk in an earlier episode. And then according to IMDb, he'll play a new character in another episode. So I'd be interested to see if it'll be another religious or anti-religious guy, because that's what it seems like so far he's played. Yeah. He played a monk, but it was a fake monk. He was impersonating a monk, and now he's playing this cult leader. Colin Fox. Yes. So I'll be interested to see in his third episode what kind of character it's going to be. So other than that, I don't have anything else. What about you? Nothing here. You've covered it all pretty well. There's not much else to add. Thanks for putting up with me and inviting me here. Uh, To anybody that's listening, please don't call a studio complaining. This is a one-time fill-in job or a rare fill-in job. Yeah, I was going to say, don't say one-time because you might be um, doing this thing. So... (laughs) Don't call the studio, please. It's not Vicky's fault. Uh, filling in here for her, and uh, hopefully I did okay. You've never seen this show, right? No, never. These are kind of like, you know, one-off episodes, so you can come in at any time and pretty much know what's going on. This is kind of easier to follow if you just jump in. That helped me out. You did great, and thanks for helping. Of course. All right, bye. This is Doug reminding you to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash 13th Warehouse, on Twitter at Eureka Warehouse, and on Instagram at Eureka underscore Warehouse. You can listen to The 13th Warehouse on our website, the13thwarehouse.com, on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Theme music for The 13th Warehouse, Friday the 13th, the series edition, Suspense Night, provided by Anton Kornienko, Pixabay user 147-98912, free for personal or commercial use. See you next time at the warehouse.